Journey to Organization, Episode 149, Rita Norton and How to Organize Photographs. You're listening to the Journey to Organization podcast with Rebecca Saltzman, advice to help you clear your clutter and your mind. Hello and welcome to the Journey to Organization podcast. I'm Rebecca Saltzman from Balagan Begone Personal Organization, and this week we're talking about organizing photographs with Rita Norton. Now, Rita is the mom to two college-age children and was an Oregonian for the past 25 plus years, and a job transfer for her husband in the summer of 2016 resulted in a cross-country move, and now she resides in Boston, Massachusetts. The birth of her son 23-plus years ago was also the start of her entrepreneurial adventure. Photos have always been at the core of her business and continue to inspire and drive her passion to create beautiful keepsake photo collections for her clients. Welcome to the podcast, Rita. Thank you, Rebecca. I'm excited to be here. I'm so glad. This has been on the slate for a while now, so I'm glad that tonight's finally here. (laughs) Yep, agreed. Okay, so tell us, how did you get started in photo organization? The story is a little long. It's it's actually the beginning of my entrepreneurial adventure. Um, When I had my son, which was 23 years ago, I wanted a unique birth announcement, and I created a photo birth announcement and that started a invitations and announcements business that I grew online. It was one of the first ones online and it was all photo related and that grew and it also grew my passion of photos in general in 2008. So that was in 99 when I started that and about 10 years later or so, the financial you know, crisis kind of hit and things shifted and a lot more players were in the market. So I shifted with the market and um, bought a photography business and started both shooting photos and continuing to design announcements and invitations. The conduit to the photo organization piece was when I would give people back their printed photos and I'd ask them what they did with them. And they said nothing or they said they'd put them in a basket in the laundry room. <laughs> And so, yeah, it was like, okay. And so once I started talking to my clients, they said, we would love photo albums. So I started designing photo albums. And then when we moved to Boston, uh, sold the photography business. By then, the imitations and announcements business had been um, on a hiatus for a while. And that's really not anything I'm working on anymore. But the photo organizing business has taken over. um, And that is what I find myself doing you know, 25 to 30 hours a week. And then I also have a business partner who's in Atlanta and she and I train photo organizers. So, and this is primarily a a female oriented uh, marketplace. Men are certainly welcomed, but statistics show that about 85 to 90% of women in the household are the family photo archivist. And so, yeah, so Shara and I, that's my business partner. We have been training women in this industry for about the last four to five years, also trying to, um, you know, continue to elevate and get the profession itself noticed. Wow. I don't, you know, it's so funny because like for me, I feel like clients never ask me to organize their photos with them. Really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? But I do have another friend who's an organizer, and she said to me, like, a lot of her clients ask her to organize photos. So when you, it just depends on how you hit it. Yeah, when you <laughs> find – when you come across photos um, in one of your clients' um, organization projects, do they just say, put them over there? 
or here's a nice box to store them in. I mean, because that's really interesting that they don't ask you to do something with them. Right. Uh, so if we come across photos, which I think is becoming more and more rare, like actual printed photos, mm-hmm. uh, we usually designate a place for them. And then everybody's like, I, I can go through them myself. Okay. And I'm like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to fight you with that. Cause that's not like my, that's not my love. <laughs> right. I love right. being in the closet. I love clothing. <laughs> <laughs> Clothing is my jam. Um, nice. All right, so let's let's dive right in. What is the best way to organize photos? Man, that's a that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> all right, let's talk about. Let's first talk about printed photos. Sure, sure. So everybody pretty much has printed photos because even if you don't have them, you've probably inherited them or you have them from your youth or um, somewhere in your home you've printed photos. So the best. My best tips for organizing printed photos, they're not too unique. If you've ever searched on this topic, you've probably come across similar, uh, you know, suggestions for moving forward. But the first one is to kind of designate a space in your home. And if it's a small home, maybe it's a corner. But if it's a larger home, maybe it's a dedicated bedroom or office space where all your printed photos are going to land. So if you've made a a goal to say, I'm going to organize my printed photos, then say this room in the house or this corner is where everything that I find goes. So that's initial gather phase. And it's an interesting thing that once you start looking for printed photos, wow, you find them in places you didn't even realize it from, you know, your dresser drawers to office drawers (laughs) to, um, you know, cupboards. And then obviously the normal places, but you also might look around and notice how many you have framed and um, they're tucked in books. So having a place, I think it's a very similar um, tactic when you actually organize someone's home or whatever. It's have a designated space for it to reside. And once they're there, once you have everything there, then you want to organize a small space around getting them to the next step, which is sorting through to determine, do I want to keep this or do I want to get rid of it? Okay. So what are your guidelines for what to keep and what to toss? They're, they're pretty simple. I think I'm going to steal a line from the favorite, um, who is it? Marie Kondo? I don't think, yeah. is, that, is that right? Yeah, that's <laughs> Does right. Does it bring you joy? Does the photo okay. bring you joy, right? Does the photo make you smile, make you cry, make you laugh? What, does it give you, make you feel anything? And if it does, put it to the left. And if it doesn't, put it to the right. And when I say put it to the right, that's in a box that's labeled, don't want, don't care. Right. Okay. That means you don't have to throw them away because that's a throwing photos away. doesn't matter sometimes what the photo is. Of. That's a very difficult task. And I would never ask someone to do that, but put it in a box appropriately labeled. Well, you're and nicer box, than me. <laughs> <laughs> but photos like people are like, oh, um, and so that box then can be something that you give to a relative that you um, put to look at some other day that you let another family member go through, right? Because if you've inherited some photos, maybe a sibling, an aunt, an uncle, a cousin, or whatever knows who some of those people are. But that initial first step is really just looking at it and trying to be quick about it. Like, mm-hmm. yes, no, yes, no. Um, try but there are definitely some that people save that are not good, like the thumb over the lens. Well, now... <laughs> The thumb over the lens, that that should go in the don't care, don't want pile. But if that thumb over the lens and in the far background is, um, you know, a 1920s, you know, Model T Ford or whatever, like a very cool looking newer car for back Mm -hmm. then, right? That might be what they're capturing. But you, you really 
if it's really of the, you know, of the cement of the sky of, you know, your thumb over it, or it's really blurry. Initially, don't want, don't care. You can Got go it. back through those if you want, but that should be ideally that's step one because that gets you to step two. So I'm going to back up. So step one, I'm trying to eliminate going down memory lane. Got it. Right. It's so it's Keep moving photos. Yep. I love that. Keep moving. Okay. Photos can be time consuming. And so if you can kind of do a quick sort and now you've, you know, cold down your pile by at least, you know, maybe you got rid of a third or you've at least put a third to the side that says, I don't need to worry about these now at least. Mm -hmm. And you have the remaining two thirds. Now you're going to, as odd as it sounds, you're flipping them over and you're not looking at the photo and you're sorting them by size. Mm. Because quite often, size is related to a decade. And so we're putting them in chronological order. And at the same time as like you're organizing them, right? Why, by not looking at them. So no, what I was going to ask is because on the back, sometimes it has the date printed. Yep. Also, and also like very old ones are obviously more square where newer ones mm -hmm. are more rectangular. Yep, in the 70s was a lot of the rounded corners, um, 60s was square, 50s were smaller square, then they had the rectangle ones, which were closer to the 20s. Um, mm. Now, clearly, if there's a date on the front, then that's going to get in, a, in an, a, an appropriate, you know, that's going to be uh, reallocated if it got um, organized incorrectly. But... Um, in general, if you kind of adopt that method, it's going to give you probably about a 75 to 80% accuracy rate of your decade of the photo. And then you can flip them back over and do some fine tuning if needed. Okay. I think most of, I, I mean, I, I don't think most of my clients have photos that old. Like really? most of my clients, I think it's like maybe the seventies, but eighties, nineties. Mostly. What about any photos that they have inherited from parents or grandparents? I, I can't think of one who has. <gasps> wow. Super interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, like I can think of a few pictures that my dad has of his grandparents and they're like these huge oval frames and they're like a little bit scary looking. Mm -hmm. And he's holding on to them in the basement. And I'm like, yeah. oh, gosh, what am I going to do with these? Yeah. Uh, and my mom would never let him hang them up. Maybe now he'll hang them up. I don't know. But <laughs> was it because they were scary looking? Is that why? Yeah, I think she just didn't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's funny. Um, but, yeah, so I, I don't – I'm not sure that, you know – I mean, maybe some of my older clients do. I guess, yeah, the older clients do have older photos, but. Well, if, if yeah. the, if you don't need to, um, if you're not worried about or want to follow a chronological dating, most people do. They say they don't, but they end up doing it. So I kind of guide my clients. I, I actually do all this work for most of my clients. It's, it's rare that I'm one-on-one -on -one with them. And um, obviously in you know, the COVID-19, uh, I'm not one-on-one -on -one with them either. Mm -hmm. um, but most of them want to do a, a chronological because they want to do something with those favorite photos in the end, and that's usually a photo album. However, another, first off, you can sort them however you want, but another good way to approach it, um, or popular way, I should say, is by theme. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. And I kind of think we know automatically what that is. It's sort of, you know, all my baby pictures together and I don't care what, you know, if I'm, you know, two or, you know, four or six or whatever, you know, right. they're all the pictures of, you know, children together, all the pictures of family vacations together, um, all the pictures of the grandparents together. So at the end of the day, getting the photos out of an attic, out of a basement, um, out of drawers, and first step of, of gathering them together, organizing them, and then scanning them so you can actually enjoy them. That's the ultimate goal. Okay. So how you get there, um, I'm just going to say kudos to however you get there because you're getting closer to enjoying, enjoying, <laughs> enjoying <laughs> and um, preserving those photos for you, your immediate family, and then for future generations. Okay. So... Do you recommend storing actual photographs still or just scanning them and letting them all go? So after you scan your favorite photos, and that's kind of why we did that, you know, culling exercise in the beginning, and then you might mm -hmm. end up culling even more as you go through and you've organized them within these different themes or um, chronological order, because maybe you'll see some duplicates and stuff. Um, once you've scanned those, I do recommend saving the best of the best, your very favorites, the only ones you've scanned, right? And the reason why is because a printed copy is actually the best copy. It's the original copy. Um, once you scan it, it doesn't have the same resolution as it did when it was printed. Mm -hmm. um, as you know, the printed photos came from a negative. Right. That is the very best copy of your original photo taken. Um, but most people did not keep negatives. And even those who did, uh, that's a pretty big challenge to try and scan negatives. That's a very time consuming task. And, right. and one I wouldn't necessarily recommend unless you had a, a collection of, of photographs that were from, you know, famous events or something. Um, so do you have people save their negatives? Yes. Really? Yes, I, do. I always tell my clients, I'm like, nope, they got to go. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I have one client who's like, no, I can't part with them. I'm like, okay, then don't, but you got to yeah. find a home for them. Yeah. So I think what I said earlier, which is like, if you have a, if you have a, if you know that in, within your family tree, there's yeah. some incredible history and you have some of these negatives that you think might be part of this family history that someone might want to know more about. And by someone, I mean, beyond your immediate family, but a, you know, a, historical archivist or a you know, curator at a museum, something where it could be useful for future, you know, knowledge, you'd want to keep them. If they're your family photos that you took of the backyard and the dog and the kids and, you know, changing leaves. Mm -hmm. Not so much. You probably don't need to if you're pairing back and you have your full collection. Now, if you've lost your actual printed photo collection in a fire, perhaps, or a flood, and you actually had kept your negatives in a separate place, oh, by all means, those negatives need to be turned into your print photos, right? Mm -hmm. um, but now I think we're kind of going down a, a not a rat hole, but an improbable situation. <laughs> I mean, line, but do most people keep them separate? Because I, I mean, no. I would say keep them together. Yeah, they don't. They don't keep them separate. Okay. No. Um, I think the idea would have been, yes, you'd want to keep them sec separate just in case something happened. But the probability mm -hmm. of that actually happening is, you know, zero. And when I, when I do collect photo collections, and if I'm working on one for a client, I, any 
negatives I find, I store separately for them. I label them on the exterior of those, you know, good old fashioned photo envelopes as we know them mm-hmm. and let the client make a decision on what they should, what they want to do next. Because what I've done is I've scanned everything that's printed, but I do not look through all those negatives to mm-hmm. see where there are some photos that we missed. I'm going to say that's not the best use of how they're paying me for my time. Right. So, right. yeah. So right now I see that it's like super popular. There's this thing on Amazon. It costs like around $35, I think, maybe less. Um, it's like a hard plastic external case and then it has these smaller cases, plastic inside. And normally I'm not like a big fan of plastic in general, but it looks like it was really useful for photographs. What do you feel about it? I feel like oh. I heard a sigh. <laughs> no, I was first off trying to envision what you were referring to, and I know exactly what you're referring to. I believe those have also been sold at Costco as a photo, quote unquote, organizer, right? Right. Um, they also sometimes are sold as cable organizers. Okay, absolutely. So I'm a big proponent of it needs to be acid free, lignin free, archival quality. Okay. And, and plastic just isn't. Okay. It's it's just not. And there are um, a couple great vendors. Archival Methods is one of the vendors that I believe they're out of New York mm-hmm. that sells all archival quality products for storing both photos and slides and other um, photo related items like memorabilia, etc. Okay. And then um, there's one other, and they're called Native Archival. Okay. And he has some bigger photo boxes that um, he recommends or that he sells. Uh, the boxes that are on Amazon that I have used before is Pioneer. Okay. I think that's a fairly uh, popular brand name. They've been around for quite some time. So I, uh, the Pioneer albums, those ones are you would tuck photos in sleeves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might have come across those in a, a client's house or right, uh, yeah. perhaps. Those, um, I still believe the sleeves were not made to be photo safe, but the actual exterior of the books were. Uh, but I do believe Pioneer makes products now that do meet what they call a, a photo safe archival test piece, a piece out, I believe it's called, um, rating. Mm. So okay. the plastic ones, I mean, here's what I would do. Instead of spending 35 bucks on Amazon for what's a non-safe photo product, I would go to um, a Michael's or a Hobby Lobby or uh, well, those are the only two stores I can think of. I, Michael's <laughs> is the one I usually go to, but it's that type of a craft store. Maybe mm-hmm. a Joanne's Fabric, I'm not sure. Um, they usually have boxes that look like a shoe box but they are obviously a little fancier and they are like 2.99 okay and pick yourself up two or three or four of those and store your photos in those they are shoebox size so they're going to fit nicely on shelves up in your closet or wherever mm-hmm. and they actually uh, are nice looking. So there can either be solid black or they can be patterned. So if you're a color coded person, you can, you know, get some different patterns and stuff. That's a very inexpensive way. Keep in mind, those are not archival quality, but they're a great holding place for print photos. And also I'm never, um, you know, poo poo someone who says, I'm not going to spend money there. Perfect. Don't spend money where you don't want to spend it. I would never okay. want someone to do that. So find a product though. That's going to give you the best. Ikea probably has some good options too. I think they probably do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So the, 
one thing I want to go back to is to just to kind of close out if anybody was paying attention with our, our printed organizing steps. <laughs> First, step one was the gather and step two really was this calling and step three, the calling with the calling. And I suppose step three would be that organization of into some sort of a theme, chronological or thematic. And then um, your final would be actually scanning your photos. And I just want to reiterate, just scan the favorite ones, scan the ones that mean the most to you. Um, because scanning can be a bit of a monotonous, time-consuming task. Okay. And what I want you to be able to do is feel like now you've got that favorite photo scanned and you're going to share it with some relatives. You're going to frame it. You're going to do something fun with it. So you want to make sure you're only having to do that process with, the, with your best photos. So do you recommend that people scan themselves or send to a service? Are there services? Do you do that? Like what? Yeah, so there? there are plenty of companies that offer it. Um, you can absolutely scan them yourself. And then I also offer that service also for my clients. Um, there's probably a list of four or five things I would tell you to do prior to sending them off to a service. Mm -hmm. That actually, those, that information can be found in a um, five expert scanning tips downloadable uh, PDF freebie on PPO Studio, which is my um, a website that I have with a partner where we train women and men okay. to be good organizers. So I'm not going to go into that one. But if you purchase a scanner, um, I can tell you um, what scanner would be a good purchase because you don't want to do it on like a document scanner or an all, all right. in one. Lay it on us and we can post all the links in the show notes. Perfect. So it is Epson. It's okay. an Epson V is in Victor 600. Okay. Amazing. And it's a photo scanner and it's a flatbed. Okay. So that means, you know, your photo is going to be like, nah, nah, nah. it's going to take a while. <laughs> <laughs> Sound effects, you know, those are pretty close. <laughs> um, okay. Why that one? What's so special about it? It's got a lot of great reviews and mm -hmm. I've had it for probably 15 years, even before I started this business. Wow. It was the photo scanner that I looked online, looked at the reviews, and I've used it, and it's been a nice little workhorse. Here's the bonus. It also scans slides and negatives. Now, uh -huh. I know earlier we talked about negatives, and we're like, never, but you might find a strip of negative somewhere, and you're like, oh, I'm curious. So it's super easy to do it. And slides are something that people do have um, a lot of. Yeah. It's a slow process, but it does do that. So it's nice that it's multifunctional, but it's photo scanner. Epson's a good um, company to, uh, you know, has a good reputation behind their products. And it's, um, like I said, I've had it for like 15 years and it's still a scanner I still use today on Amazing. my client projects. So for a flatbed, that was going to take a long time. And it's a fairly small um flatbed glass it's like maybe eight and a half by 12 okay. if you have anything bigger that's not going to quite work and if you wanted to do something faster you could get the epson fast photos 680w okay and they call that a um high-speed scanner but I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> it's not really. If you watch a video or you hear people talk about, they'll like, take a pile of 35 or 40 photos, they plop them right in there, and it just spits them out. It's so awesome. Yeah, not really. So you need to still hand feed it because otherwise sometimes it can get clogged. Uh -huh. You need to make sure they're the photos are all wiped down and cleaned first. And, okay. and cleaned, I simply mean microfiber cloth, wiping okay. the dust off. Okay. 
Um, so it, it still needs some care. So though it's faster than a flatbed, it still requires um, some handholding. Okay, so maybe this is sacrilegious, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about using the scan feature on your iPhone? <sighs> <laughs> okay, so that is that is sacrilegious. No, that is perfectly <laughs> fine if you're scanning a quick photo to send to your college roommate, to send to a grandparent because you think, you know, it's a photo that's been hidden for a while. They haven't seen it or you want to share it with them. Absolutely no issues. But if you're thinking preservation, if you're thinking I'd like to um, make a photo book or a slideshow or do some, you know, mixed tiles or Nix play frames, there's so many cool things you can do with photos. It's going to be too small of a resolution. So what that means is the photo is going to look a little pixelated, a little grainy. Mm -hmm. And so it's absolutely fine me scanning it on my iPhone or my Android and sending it to you. If I did that right now, you'd be like, oh, that's great. But if you, you know, pinched in and tried to blow it up, you'd be like, oh, I can see the grain in the, in the poor resolution versus if I actually scanned it on a flatbed gotcha. and sent you the same photo via email, you'd be like, ah, I see the difference both in clarity of the photo, um, capturing the accurateness of the actual colors mm -hmm. and then the overall resolution of the photo, which is what is looked at when you're trying to reproduce a photo for a, you know, a gift of some sort or a notebook or whatever. Yeah. Okay. So just to sort of do a takeaway, you're okay with storing photos in boxes as long as they're archival or semi-archival. Mm -hmm. um, but the, like, the crown jewel for you is putting it in books, putting photos in books. It really is. It, it okay. in actually, so not, not putting in books. Um, it's creating a hardcover mm -hmm. photo album. So, so like of digital prints? Yes. Okay. Yes. So everything's scanned. I'm using software online. It's outsourced to a local print company that I use. And then it's actually, you can hold it in your hands and you flip through it. It's a lay flat, beautiful keepsake photo album. Oh. One that can be stored like a coffee table book or on your bookshelves or whatever. And the kids come home for college or the relatives visit and everybody always kind of beelines towards the photo books. Because it doesn't matter if they looked at it once or 10 times. It's fun and it's a conversational piece and people are off their screens, which, you know, people nice. are trying, people are on their screens so much now that it's just a nice way to have some family um, interaction that doesn't involve swiping. Let's say that we decide the box that's, you know, don't, the box to the right that don't want, yeah. don't need. Mm -hmm. If we decide like we don't want those photos and they're not really good quality and like we're not even talking about like anybody would ever really want them, can we recycle them? Is there, is there a way to recycle <sighs> photographs? It's such a bummer, but as far as I am aware, and I would love for someone to say, no, you can. Here's where it says you can. You cannot because of the chemicals, the film, and the, the, the coating on the film mm -hmm. and the chemicals in the paper. So it pains me to say they usually end up in the trash. Okay. How can we salvage damaged photos? Oh. Or hmm. can we even salvage them? Yeah. There is... I, I, this would be something that I do not do. And I would outsource this to um, a woman that I actually know who's in Canada. And she has worked about 10 years or so with families who have lost or who have experienced um, her uh, photos lost in floods. 
All right, so hurricane okay. damage, tornadoes, floods, etc. And she actually has a, a class that she has in a full process of how you can dry out photos, separate them out, and then restore or at least get some a semblance of what used to be in that photo. So it is not something that I can speak to as far as, hey, here's step one through three or whatever. But you mentioned earlier that we were going to point to some um, links on this in the show notes sure we can i can definitely share that with you uh but they are salvageable clearly not to the extent that they originally were um but they're not a completely lost cause so you know don't just automatically throw them away and this means photos that are unfortunately moldy um photos that bugs have eaten through if, if you've kept photos like in an attic or garage and They've been ignored for 10 or 15 years. Often you'll find that bugs have started to eat them, but those are eas more easily salvageable than a water damaged photo. How is it an expensive process? It's pretty time consuming. And okay, so I, you should only do it on the, the very best photos that you want restored. Yeah, but wait, restoration of the flooded ones? Yeah, but so think about that. Like, how do you even know which ones were the best ones? So the process that I am aware of uh -huh. is that, you know, let's just say we have a big box and it flooded. So I'm taking my big box and they're all stuck together because that's what happens. So I'm going through this sort of um, very meticulous process of drying out and separating, but this is the final one I finally find the best, only the best will be the ones I'd want to scan. But just in general, that, that full effort of that process is probably going to be, um, it's probably going to be expensive. I do know that this is a service that when um, families, um, their cities uh, have experienced, you know, hurricanes and severe flood damage that often there are volunteers who come in and do this for those families at no charge to, you know, help them recoup some of their wow. most prized family possessions. Okay, so it's not a total loss, but you have to be willing yeah. to put make money a bit down. investment. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So a lot of my clients come across photographs, and they don't they don't want them. <laughs> uh, like like more maybe they're older. Uh, they feel bad about throwing them away because they feel like oh I can't just throw it away right, but <laughs> they don't necessarily want them. So. And it's not a case of like, don't want box kind of thing. It's like, mm -hmm. they just, they want to declutter and get stuff out of their house. So what are some ways that we can deal with them that are not just garbage? If they're older, would any like historical societies or anything like that want them? And how would we figure that out if they would? You know, it's pretty much an email. Um, I've okay. come across, I'm doing a collection right now for a woman who, um, her mother and two sisters were um, Olympic swimmers. And so okay. these newspaper, we have newspaper clippings, we have everything um, dated back from like 1924. Wow. And so obviously the newspapers have seen better days, but we're scanning them and, and trying to, um, you know, preserve those appropriately. It would be a phone call to your local, um, a local art history museum, a, a vets museum, if it was indeed war related photos, um, any type of, you know, modern museum of art type of museum, if it was because your grandfather was a, a famous painter, for example, right? So it would be, you'd have to do a little research on your own, but a phone call, a docent usually at the other end of the line could, could you know, direct you 
to the person to speak with, the email address to send a few snapshots of what you found. Would they be interested? Um, because I do know those, uh, I think they call it like a, a national, like a library archive mm -hmm. of all this, you know, photos along with newspaper clippings and um, other type of memorabilia. It's certainly something that is um, saved and um, archived for, you know, future, future learning, future enjoyment. Awesome. Okay. How can we organize digital photos? Best practices. So digital photos can be overwhelming because we take so many. Yep. So <laughs> let's start with the photos that we've taken this year, for example, 2020. Um, this has been a crazy year and we maybe we've taken more or less photos, but one of the, the best steps if you're going through your digital, your digital collection is to start with the most recent photos okay. because you're less likely to go down memory lane because they're much more recent than if you jumped back to 10 years, you know, from now and you're like, Oh, look how cute the kids were then or whatever. <laughs> so, and then the, the second um, tip there would be instead of spending 10, 15 minutes every other hour scrolling through Facebook or Instagram or talking on the phone or something is delete your photos off your phone, right? Just spend five or 10 minutes a day. Maybe you're waiting at the doctor's office, um, picking the kids up from carpool or whatever it is, um, and just delete right off the phone. That, that's probably the best tip because then you're calling. Um, oh, you mean the ones you don't want? Yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> yeah, like, oh you want to delete the ones you want? No, <laughs> no. but like, right, so this... Um, when we take photos now, yeah, we take like 30 photos of the, um, you know, thing. the changing leaves. Right. But you probably only had maybe three photos, maybe not even that many <laughs> that were like really pretty. Like you got the lighting right and, you know, it's just, it's so pretty. Love it. So delete those other, you know, 27 and keep those three because you know that those were your best. Right. There's a lot of ways if we're going to be doing some digital photoization on our phone, um, using the albums, both um, Android and Apple phones, both have albums, you know, create albums, move yep. your photos over, favorite your photos. Um, and if you get in the habit of favoriting, then make sure to delete all those other ones, right? Like it's a little bit of both. A lot of people I know just delete directly off the phone after mm -hmm. like a, after they know that their phone has backed up and then they just don't keep anything on their phone and it just goes into the cloud. Okay. Is yeah. that something you advise or do you have a specific well, service that you prefer? So um, there's a couple things. As long as they know 100% that their photos are being backed up, we both know probably you've experienced this where you <laughs> yes. think, mm -hmm, right? So you think you have iCloud. You've, you thought you were paying for it, but then you went to look and, oh my gosh, there's nothing there or there's only, it's first in, first out. So it's only the most recent that was there. You're like, right, oh my right. gosh, that would be devastating. Okay. So, um, you, you need to double check that before you start deleting everything off your phone. The process that I use personally to ensure that if my phone were to be lost or stolen or, or, you know, whatever mm -hmm. is I use Dropbox. That okay. is a paid for service, but I like it for a really key reason for Apple phone users is it changes the date. It changes the name of my file from image ABC one, two, three. Mm -hmm. the date I took the photo. 
Gotcha. And that is super, super helpful because even though we think we're going to remember when we went to Disneyland or when we took our trip to the Bahamas or when we did this, you know, bicycle, you know, trip to wherever, mm-hmm. well, two, three, four, five, ten years passed and you're like, when was that? So if the photo <laughs> has the right. date, right. man, that's, that's just a big, like, it's just like, oh, it's so nice. So anyway, um, I use Dropbox for that. And then the, uh, that means it's always, it's the camera uploads always automatically backs up to both Dropbox, which is cloud-based. Mm-hmm. And then I have the app on my desktop or laptop. Okay. And that means then I can also see what's in those camera uploads. So you, one, one could argue, and they're arguing correctly, that those are saved then in automatically two places. They're on your desktop if you mm-hmm. have the app installed. And that's one form of backup, right? Okay. And your second form of backup is the cloud, which is Dropbox. And you could say your third fo- third form was your phone. Okay. Um, and that wouldn't be wrong. It's just not the safest, right? Right. Okay. But that that's an application that I think is a, a solid application. It's not a user-friendly application when it comes to viewing your photos. People might say, hey, I like Google Photos better. No issue with Google Photos. It does the same sort of thing of automatically backing up both on desktop and on cloud. Okay. Um, and it's free if you want your photos compressed a little bit. But okay. the where I um, only educate people for Google Photos is keep in mind Google's big. And, you know, they say they don't do data mining, but they're data mining. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? Okay. I, and I love Google, so don't get me wrong. I don't want to get, you know, some mails saying, hey. Um, <laughs> But it's something, yeah, that people simply need to be aware of. And if they're very concerned with their privacy or they're very sensitive to anything that might be there, then don't use, don't use Google. Or, or iCloud really. Or iCloud. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. So it's this, we need to be smart consumers. So then you want to use a secure place like Dropbox. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Dropbox I like quite a bit because I feel like it's, it's very seamless. Um, Not to be too overwhelming with other options, but I do believe SmugMug also provides you with the same experience um, as far as if there's an app on the phone, looking at them on your phone. And then it's not to your desktop, but it is a cloud service that is friendly to look at. So I mentioned earlier, I said Dropbox wasn't very friendly to look at. That's true. Um, but SmugMug is going to give you your cloud. Yes. Okay. Cloud storage along with friendly look at, and it is unlimited. And I believe it's like half the price of Dropbox. Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to finish your question because I kind of didn't really give much of a tip for digital photos. I talked about culling, you know, I called it deleting, but you know, obviously culling down. I have two best tips for, to help people with their digital collection. Okay, Um, great. What, oops, I'm going to say three, three. One of them is that whole gathering thing again, right? So if you know that you've got some digital photos on some CDs, maybe on some USB drives, maybe on some camera cards, get everything into one place onto your computer. All right. And then um, even if it's a mess, right. And then back and then get an external hard drive and copy everything, copy, not move, copy it to that external hard drive, plop that external hard drive into a um, fire safe. Yes. I always say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. You can do that too. with just as an aside, special note, you should also just back up your computer. Mm. Yes. On a hard drive. <laughs> yes, you should. Yeah. Or use a service like Backblaze, right? Does okay. it for you, runs in the background. Um, Carbonite. Carbonite, yep. There's yeah. plenty of them, right? Yeah. So um, 
So for the digital collection that you have um, in your house with all these different devices, now all these devices are clean because you put them all on your computer, then you backed it all up and popped it on an external hard drive and threw that in the safe. That's clear. Cool. You always have that backup. Okay. So that's okay. kind of like that's the reason you have that. Now um, you're going to start to uh, marry all these photos together and you'll want to, you know, you're going to have some from your phone and some from a, you know, a USB stick and some from your old laptop, whatever. There are all these different resources. Keep when you move them. What you want to do is create a folder. I like this tip here. It's going to call. It's going to be called your photo hub, your family okay. photo hub. It's a folder. Then all those different devices. We're going to name all those different devices where those photos came from, and they all just get um, moved into our photo hub. So now we know that the photos that were on our laptop from ten years ago or whatever. We know that they're all going to be, even if we don't have dates on them because something got corrupted, we all know they're going to be between 85 and 90. I'm making that up. But you know what I'm right, saying. Right, yeah. I'll give you some um, guidance as to uh, time frame of the photos. So they all go into your photo hub. Any photos in the future that you take, go into your photo hub. Okay. Any photos that you find in your email, go into your photo hub. Now we have one place where we look for photos and one place where we store our photos. And so for um, a bit of peace of mind, having that order, even if it's disorder when you open it up and you're like, oh, look at all these devices and it's still a mess, it's all in one place. And we know that it's backed up. So that's, um, that's kind of like that second tip is, is, you know, they get all in the one spot and then we create our photo hub and then it gets a little more a little more complicated. There's um, deduplication software for both Macs and um, PCs. Okay. That helps you weed out because these different devices we know. We saved the same photo seven times, called it seven different things, and now it's 12 different sizes, right? <laughs> That's one of the most important things when you're doing all this is not to go willy-nilly and delete like crazy because, oh, that's a dupe, dupe, dupe. You better look at the file size. Don't ever delete till you look at the file size. I had a client who, before she was my client, um, deleted all the, kept all the thumbnails on her Mac and deleted all the original files because she saw oh, they were no. the same and just wasn't paying attention. So you want to look for the one that's the biggest size? The biggest size. So yeah. right click properties and then check to see which one is the biggest. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and, and that works both for Mac and PC users. Okay. Um, so Yes. Definitely. Um, now, using um, Photo Sweeper or there's a, a deep dupe uh, PC one, you don't have to individually click each one to look at properties. Uh, if you're going to tackle this project, you're going to want to use some smart um, time-saving tools, make a little investment, or you can hire someone. But if you're going to do it yourself, you know, tell yourself you're going to invest a little in this project to get some tools to help you work smarter and faster. And those tools will show you straight up which file to save based on size and other, um, you know, Got it. metrics or whatever. Okay. All right. So I, I'm just going to say again, we're going to, Rita's going to send us a list of everything that we talked about and sure. we'll, we'll post it. <laughs> we'll post it um, on the, on the show notes uh, at, uh, on the Balagan Begone dot com forward slash podcast page. Yeah. Uh, Rita, if someone wants to get in touch with you, how can they reach you? They can reach me at um, my website is Photovation. So www.photovation.com. Okay. 
and you will um, can contact me at the website there. There's a contact form. Okay. And they also could follow my business partner and I on Instagram, and that's at PPO underscore studio. PPO okay. underscore studio. And on our Instagram account, we um, share a lot of do-it-yourself tips for, you know, enjoying, enjoying I, that word has been a stumbler for me today. <laughs> I'm not going to use it anymore. Um, for preserving your photos, for scanning your photos, uh, gifts that you want to give that are photo related. Just in general, if you want some photo tips, it's a good uh, Instagram account to follow. Awesome. And you have a podcast too, right? We have a podcast. Yes. And you can find that at pposstudio.com. If you go to that website, you can download a freebie for expert scanning tips. We talked about that a little earlier. And there's also a podcast to listen to. And about we have about 35 episodes, and I would say about 20 of them are on, you know, everything photo-related from how to do a slideshow to how to best, you know, preserve um, uh, your kids' artwork, how to, how to manage. We didn't even talk about this one. It just popped in my head, you know, another thing talk about overwhelming the uh magnetic albums and like scrapbooks that people have put together that are taking up you know huge amounts of space we talk about how to um you know get those into a little bit more manageable of a state and okay. so we'll have to have you back so we can yeah. talk about it okay <laughs> all right uh and you had a special offer today for our listeners we do. I do. So yes, I would love to. So if you go to PPO studio, we offer a scanning ebook and we call it, you know, scan it once, scan it right. And it is $29.99. But for uh, Rebecca's listeners, there's a coupon code JTO50. And you can get it for 50% off. And it is a downloadable book that basically gives you step-by-step uh, -step instructions on how to create your scanning space, our favorite scanners, all the settings we use, and then pro tips to save you um, time and money and much more as you go through your, uh, your own photo collection. Awesome. Rita, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. To reach out to Rita, you can reach her at Rita at photovation.com for help organizing your photos and for help organizing anything else, you can feel free to reach out to me, Rebecca at RebeccaSaltzman.com. If you have any more questions regarding photography uh, and how to organize it or any other collateral things that are related to photography, please drop me a line. And if we have enough continuing questions, I would love to have Rita back on. And anyways, I think Rita has a lot more to tell us. So hopefully we'll have her back soon <laughs> to book a coaching call or a done in a day online decluttering head to balagambigon.com and book a day of decluttering with me. As always, I'm wishing you a great week and happy organizing. Thanks for listening to the Journey to Organization podcast. You can find Rebecca on Twitter and Instagram at BalaGonBegon and on Pinterest as Rebecca Saltzman. Visit BalaGonBegon.com for resources and to join the mailing list to get podcast updates.